again, I want to welcome everybody to the conversation tonight. My name, of course, is Daryl Arnez. I am with Emergent Ministries located in Largo, Florida, and it is so good to be able to come to you on this Monday night. Mondays are always good. The beginning of a new week, the beginning of a new journey in God. And I want to welcome everybody, Minister Cha and Stephanie and all those that are joining us over on Facebook, those that are listening on HAPS, those that are listening on Periscope, those that are listening on YouTube. And I hope the video is okay. I seem to be getting some stuttering on my end. It looks like it is kind of shaking and moving and buffering, but everything looks good on my system. So I am going to take it that it's not on my end. And I am going to get through this conversation and hopefully you are able to follow it tonight. Well, the first thing that I want to mention is that for those that are in the foundation principles class um, that we are doing um, I do want to make mention that the audios have been loaded from last night's session. So those audios are available as well as the quiz. Um, I will also say, as I may mention last night on the quiz, read the questions carefully. <laughs> so we covered um, a little bit of how I structure the quizzes, what I'm looking for. So as you're going through the quiz for last night's session, uh, be sure to read the questions carefully. Um, there, also, there are a couple of the questions that are multiple choice. Some of the, mul uh, some of the multiple choice questions do have more than one correct answer. So be sure that you are reading the quiz. So again, for those that are um, taking the foundation principles class, the audios from last night's sessions are loaded. Uh, as well as your quiz. Uh, for those that are interested in joining us in the foundation uh, principles class, um, you can still register online. The registrations are online. Um, so you do have to register for the class that will bring you in. If you've missed uh, session one and session two, again, um, all of those sessions are available in the classroom, so you can go into the classroom um, once you do the registration and you can take the, you can listen to the audios from session one and two, and you can take the quizzes. Then when you come in this week, you'll be all caught up. Um, and so you can go to e-emergentministries or e-learning.emergentministries.com, and you'll see all of the registration information there. And we are having a blast. Um, I, I had a couple conversations uh, with some individuals from last night's class, just with some follow-up questions. And if, if you've been in any classes with me or you've been in any conversations, if you've listened to to any of my broadcasts, you all know that I can say some things that are a little controversial. Um, I can say some things that are a little edgy. Um, and that isn't because I'm trying to confuse people. That's not because I'm trying to be a know-it-all. That's not the purpose. Um, the purpose of why I approach information the way that I do is because I think as people, we need to learn to think through what we believe. Um, and we're going to be talking about some of that tonight um, on um, conceptual change. We're going to talk about some of that. 
How do we process information? Um, but we need to learn how to think through what we believe. So not only do we need to think through in terms of knowing what we believe and why, but we need to understand that the way we think, we are thinking through the lens of what we believe. So we need to think through what we believe. So we need to know not only what we believe and why, but we also need to understand that as we are interacting with other people, when we are interacting with the world itself, we are actually seeing the world and interacting with the world through our system of belief. And so some of some of the <laughs> some of these things can be a little edgy um, because I do like to challenge the way that people believe. Well, in just a few moments, we are going to be engaging the conversation of dealing and understanding your double-mindedness. Have you ever met double-minded people? Have you ever been in relationships with double-minded people? Have you ever found yourself being double-minded? It's like one minute you're thinking this, the next minute you're thinking that. One minute you're going to do this, the next minute you want to do that. Double-minded. And interestingly, um, the scriptures tell us, because of course you all know that I am involved in ministry. So a lot of what I deal with, I use always the foundation of scripture um, to approach the conversation. But this conversation tonight, it is scripturally based, but I'm not so much dealing with Bible verses. I'm actually going to be talking about uh, some things that deal with our psychology, whether or not we realize it or not. But we have a mind. Um, we have been graced to have a mind and we are expected to use that mind. Um, part of our mind has to deal with the way that we think. Unfortunately, um, in today's society, it seems as though not everyone really wants to really think. Not many people, um, or not everybody, let me put it that way, really wants to take on the task of trying to understand their mindset, of trying to understand their psychology. Um, this isn't a class or a conversation about psychology, but it does deal with your psychology. Um, it really does deal with your psychological health. It deals with your mental health. It deals um, with those operations of our mind, those operations of our conscious and our subconscious mind um, that impact the way that we engage, not just the world and other people, but it has a lot to do with the way that we engage ourselves. You would be surprised. Um, you would be surprised at, at the interpersonal relationship, intrapersonal relationship that we have with ourselves. That is the way that we view ourselves. Do we like ourselves? Do we love ourselves? Do we appreciate ourselves? Do we have a healthy self-image? Do we have a, a proper self-awareness? All of these things have to do with the way that we engage life. All of these things have to do with whether or not we actually enjoy living. You know, um, we have to ask ourselves sometimes, do I really enjoy being alive? Do I enjoy life? Um, do I enjoy being with me? Or do I have to be around a lot of people um, to, to actually experience joy, to experience happiness? Um, you know, I'm one of those individuals. I'm just going to be talking tonight, but I'm one of those individuals. I can spend hours just by myself and not feel lonely. Now, this is not only because of my relationship with the Lord, but this is because of my relationship with myself. You know, I can I, I really I like me. 
right? I'm not, you know, now understand what I'm saying, because I'm not saying to be arrogant. I'm not saying to be self-centered. I'm not, I'm not saying any of that. What I am saying is you, you really need to come to the place where you like who you are. You enjoy being you um, with all of your flaws, with all of your, your issues. I don't know about anybody else, but I have issues. Some of you, those who know me know DA has issues. Those who know Daryl knows Daryl has issues. And, but I own my issues, right? I own my issues. Uh, I'm a work in progress. But, you know, when you can come to the place, you enjoy being you. You know, you're comfortable with who you are. And, and you're not walking around with self-guilt. You're not walking around with self-hatred. You know, you're not walking around feeling victimized by life. But you are actually engaging the process of life. Does, does this make sense? You are engaging the process of life. And so that's that's what really what I want to talk to you about tonight. I want to talk to you about some things about your mind, dealing with double-mindedness. Now, let's pray real quick. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you uh, for the joy of life. And as we engage this conversation, help us to have an open mind that we can learn some things that are going to help improve the quality of the life that we live. And Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, let me say this before I get started. Everything that I'm going to be sharing tonight, I'm, I'm bringing some information out of a book that I wrote a couple of years ago called The Conceptual Change Techniques. And in this book, this is not, again, you know, this this is not a book that is particularly geared um, simply for Christians. This is a book that's geared for anybody who wants to engage in the business of living. So when I talk about conceptual change, I'm literally talking about techniques. I'm talking about processes. I'm talking about things that we can use in our lives in order to, again, improve the quality of our lives. And, and I am of the conviction that everyone wants to improve the quality of their life. Um, part of the challenge is not everyone knows how. Not everyone understands how to use their brain for a change. And when I say use your brain for a change, I'm not talking about use your brain for a change as if you don't use your brain. No, I'm saying use your brain to get the changes that you desire out of life. Um, God has given us a mind. God has given us a brain and that brain functions in a certain way. Our mind operates in a certain way. And it's a very powerful, it's a very powerful piece um, of who we are. Um, the human mind is more powerful than the greatest supercomputer that man has ever built. You say, well, how can you say that? Because it was the mind of man that understands how um, the computer processes were to work. And it was the mind of man, you know, who actually put together all of the little pieces of, 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 of copper and the pieces of metal and the transistors and the resistors and the celluloids and the microchips and the, and, and the memory. It was the mind of man that came up with all of this information on how to build a computer. So that lets us know that the mind of man is more powerful than the, the greatest computer that man has ever built because it came out of the mind of man. The mind 
is a terrible thing to waste. Um, and so as we get into this, I just want you to know that I am offering a complimentary copy of the book, um, Conceptual Change Techniques. You can get a copy by going to the website, that's e-learning.emergentministries.com, um, and just just uh, sign up for the, for the newsletter. There's a sign up place on the website and, and it actually says it's like in real bright purple uh to receive a complimentary copy of the ebook just enter your name and email address and we'll get that um out to you free and postpaid and no i'm not going to bombard your email um with requests for money i don't function that way um but i do want you to have a copy of this particular book um you can use it it's, it's a great book you can sit down with your spouse you can sit down with your children you can go through this and get some really really good information on uh using your brain for a change learning how um to alter the concepts that exist um in your everyday life so you can get a copy of that. Um, if you have any questions, of course, you can always email me. My email is on the screen. I'll be more than happy to correspond with you. So tonight, I want to talk to you about the conscious and the subconscious mind. Now, I know that these might be concepts that seem to be taboo for some faith communities, um, but um, we know that within our um, mind, we have both a conscious and we have a subconscious mind. Some people call it a conscious and an ub, unconscious mind. Um, and I want to really just talk briefly about the differences between these two functions of the mind, because this is where double-mindedness actually comes in at. Um, double-mindedness has to do with you not being in rapport. You're not in good relationship. Um, so your conscious mind is saying one thing and your subconscious mind is saying something else. Um, and as we go through and we define these two functions of the mind, you'll, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about because I want you to see the concept. I really want you to, 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 to feel the gravity and the weight um, of this particular topic. I want you to be able to comprehend um, how important that it actually is that we know how these two functions of the mind work so that they're not working against one another because that's what creates double-mindedness. This is where you can begin to get free from your past um, because as I stated before, your subconscious mind stores all of the memories of every experience that you've ever had. Um, it's not like we have experiences or we have thoughts or we events happen in our life and we just forget about them. No, the conscious mind stores that information. And if we don't understand how to deal with the information, then that information can come back to create problems in our life in the future. This is why some people get stuck in relationships. This is why some people, they get stuck in jobs. They've, they've had a bad experience when they were younger. And, and, and the subconscious mind has stored that information away. And then many people can't figure out why they can't get ahead in life, why they can't have a successful relationship, why they can't prosper, you know, why they can't do certain things. They don't understand it. Everything in their conscious mind is telling them to go for their dream. But for some reason, there seems to be something on the inside that's holding them back. 
Now, the tragedy is most people in the faith community will automatically attribute that to a devil. Listen, it's not a devil. As I've said before, the devil doesn't have that much power. Typically, it's something that's operating in our subconscious. It's some kind of program. It's it's a belief system. It's an event um, that something happened in our life and we never processed it. And that thing is running in the subconscious mind and we are literally sabotaging ourselves. Some of us call them self-fulfilling prophecies. Um, I don't know if you've ever had that happen. You believe something bad is going to happen and sure enough, it happens. The subconscious mind is powerful and it has a lot to do with what you're able to accomplish and what you're able to achieve in life. So let's let's jump into this. Um, human beings literally have one mind, but that one mind has two functions. There is the conscious mind and then there's the subconscious mind. The conscious mind, when you learn how to align, when you learn how to integrate these two minds, these two functions of the mind, you're not working, you're not working against yourself. Um, you're not working against yourself. I'll come back to some things on that. Um, so your subconscious mind and your conscious mind are working in harmony with one another, and you will see your desired results come to pass. This is what scripture is talking about. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Now, he's using it in the sense of if any man lack wisdom, that is the ability to use knowledge. That's what wisdom is. Wisdom is the ability to use knowledge. It's one thing to have knowledge. Wisdom is the ability to know how to use the knowledge that you have. And the scripture is, is saying, if any man lacks that wisdom, if anyone lacks the ability to know how to use the knowledge that they have, let them ask God. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, right? Because he says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So double-mindedness will cause instability in your life. Being double-minded will cause instability in your relationships. Being double-minded can prevent you from getting a promotion on your job. Why? Because your employer doesn't really know if they can trust you because you're double-minded. You know, you're yes one minute and you're no the next minute. You're up one minute, you're down the next minute. It's double-mindedness. But there is a remedy for double-mindedness. And the remedy for double-mindedness is, first of all, you, discovering where the source of double-mindedness comes from. Because once you understand the source of where it comes from, then you can get the wisdom to know how to deal with it. So that's the conscious and the subconscious mind. So we need to learn how to align these two minds together because it becomes easier to navigate, navigate this thing that we call life when you're, when you're conscious and your subconscious minds are working together. So let's talk about the differences between. Um, whenever you have an immediate awareness of something, you are literally using your conscious mind. You are conscious of that thing. So one of the one of the easiest ways to distinguish between the conscious and the subconscious mind is awareness. What are you aware of? Whatever you are awareness or whatever you are aware of, whatever is in your awareness, 
that's a function of your conscious mind. You are aware of it. It's in your immediate awareness. Um, a good example of that um, would be you are aware, hopefully most of you all are aware that you're sitting in front of a computer or you're sitting in front of a telephone and you're watching me um, on this particular conversation. So you are aware of me sitting here, right? You're aware of that. But you might not be aware of the various books that are on the bookcase that's behind me. You may not be aware of the different figurines that are on the bookcase um, that is behind me. But you are aware that you are looking at me and you are aware that I'm sitting in front of a bookcase. But you may not be aware of the color of the chair that I'm sitting in. You may not be aware of the color of the microphone that I'm talking into until it is brought into your awareness. And it is typically brought into your awareness via words. So this tells you something about the importance of words. I hope y'all are listening to me. I hope y'all are listening to me. Let me see something here. All right. So that, that's a, a good way to be aware or, or to distinguish between the conscious and the subconscious mind. If you have an immediate awareness of something, you're using your conscious mind. But now, and I'm going to give you some examples. But if you realize that there is a part of your mind that is removed from the level of awareness, that is your subconscious mind. Those are the two functions of your mind. So it's not like you only have a little part of your mind that's active and working. No, your whole mind is working. It's just part of it is conscious and part of it is subconscious. Let me give you an example. Have you ever taken a road trip or you've ever driven somewhere and you got in the car, you put the key in the car, you start the car and you begin the journey to where you're going? However, the next thing you know, you have arrived at your destination. But now watch this. But you don't really remember the streets that you turned on. You don't really. I mean, you know, you turned on the street. You know, you stopped at lights. You know, you obeyed the traffic signals. But you were so focused on something it's almost like you got to your destination on autopilot. Some people call it a driver's trance, right? Especially if you've driven like a road trip, like three, four, five, six, seven hours, and, and you get caught up in thought and you're just driving. You're really not aware. It's not in your, con you're not driving consciously. What has happened is your subconscious mind is actually active at that point your conscious mind you're deep in thought about something but your subconscious mind because it understands how to drive <laughs> it's almost like it's taking over the wheel right and 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 this happens a lot of times that's the conscious mind because you can program the subconscious mind there are so many different things that you do subconsciously right? But you're not aware of the processes. We do it all the time. It's a process and it's an operation of the subconscious mind, but we're not really aware of it. And many people don't understand how it works. 
so they don't take advantage of the power of the subconscious mind. But the subconscious mind many times can be governing your life and you not even be aware of it. This is where some people say, wow, I don't know why I said that, or I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I'm going this way. I don't know why I do that. Now, it's easy to just say it just happened. No, there's always a reason. There's a reason behind every behavior that we do. I don't know why I don't like that person. You don't, you, you've never met that person, but you don't know why you don't like that person. Now, it's easy for people in the faith community to say, well, the Holy Spirit is showing me something about the person or the Holy Spirit is giving me some intuition or I'm I'm discerning something in the spirit. I got to, I got some good news and I got some bad news for you. Here's the good news. The good news is discernment is actually a part of the subconscious mind. Because if you actually understand the physiology of man, spirit, soul and body, right? That's the physiology of man. Man is spirit, soul and body. Part of the spirit's function is intuition. That's part of the spirit's function is intuition. There's certain things that you can know in your spirit. There's a sensing that the spirit has, just like your physical body has senses, your spirit has senses. Just like your physical body, your brain has a function called the mind, your spirit has a mind. Scripture refers to the mind of of the spirit. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So what many people in the scientific community refer to as the subconscious mind is actually a function of the human spirit. And even people who are not born again have a human spirit. It's just dead but it's dead in the sense is it has no ability to pick up anything that deals with God, but it's still a spirit and it's still functioning. I hope this makes sense. I hope this makes sense. See, we're going to demystify some of this. So this is part of what the subconscious mind does, the mind of the spirit, right? Now, here's the powerful thing, because when you understand how it works, then you have the ability to to really, I'm going to use the word program, but you have the ability to change the information that it's feeding you. Because remember, part of what that subconscious mind does, it stores information. It stores your experiences. Think about this. I'm I'm trying not to get too excited, but I want you to think about this. If you ever sit back and you think about an experience that you had when you were growing up, or you think about an experience that you had when you were younger, let's say when you were younger, right? And you you could actually create all over again and play that movie in your mind. Now, y'all stay with me. You can play that movie in your mind. And if you're like me, you can put it in technicolor. <laughs> you, it, it can be in cinema. Yes, you're rehearsing it. Now, here's the thing. This thing could have happened 20 years ago. 
But did you ever notice that when you bring that experience back up into your conscious mind, where is it coming from? It's coming out of your subconscious because your subconscious files and stores information. It files and it stores events. It, it files and stores experiences. And if you notice, when you rehearse that thing, do you realize that all of the emotions that are attached and were attached to that event also come back? It's just not that you see the picture. You actually experience it all over again. It's like reliving the event. And your emotions get all involved in it. <laughs> this is how powerful it is. Now, as I said before, when we understand this and when we can grasp this and we know how this thing works, this is where we're able to go in and deconstruct those events, right? We can, we can deconstruct the event and we can begin to look at the event and attach new meaning to it. We can look at the event and assign a different meaning. That way, the emotional content, especially if it's negative, we can detach the emotional content from it. Then we can bring that thing up and we can deal with the reality. We can recognize, yes, this happened, but that thing stays in the past. And the best thing about the past is it's in the past, it's over and it's done. So if these events and these experiences are over and they're done, why would we allow the emotions of it? Or why would we allow the event to control and dictate our lives 20 years later? And do you know how many people are still governed by what happened 20 years ago? <laughs> you ever go to a family reunion and you talking to people and they still talking about something that happened 20 years ago and you're kind of like that was 20 years ago. you ain't you haven't gotten over that yet nope they haven't and now they're stuck now they're stuck but what about if it's you what about if it's you and you're still stuck in things that happened 25 years ago. You're still stuck in something that happened 15 years ago. You're still stuck in that bad relationship that you had 15 years ago. You're still stuck in that bad experience on the job that you had five years ago. You're still stuck in that event. Why? Because it's stored in your subconscious and you haven't learned how to take the power out of it. So yes, somebody is saying you're resuscitating dead things. And this and and people do that. People resuscitate dead stuff every day. It's like every day. <laughs> and it's you know, and this is where you kind of get in people, you know, I might aggravate people when I say this. But I'm just kind of like get over it. I mean, it happened. Get over it. Oh, but you don't understand. No, I don't need to understand. You don't understand the things that happen in my life, but I don't have to relive them every day. I don't have to allow my past to dictate my future because if I allow the past to dictate or, or, or my present, if I allow the past to dictate my present, my future 
is actually my past because I'm not going to get anything out of life other than what I've already gotten. And if you want to get something different out of life, if, if you want to keep getting what you're getting, just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> if you want to get something different, you have to change what you're doing. And the only way you can change what you're doing, you've got to change how you're believing. This is conceptual change. This is conceptual change. Matter of fact, let me drop this plug in here real quick. Um, beginning in May, I'm going to be doing a six-week teaching um, on this thing about conceptual change. We're going to look at transformation of the mind. Um, scripture refers to it as renewing the mind. Um, but we're going to look at how to deconstruct this stuff and put it back together. We're going to we're going to take a look at how do we take the events of our lives and reframe them? How do we reframe events to where they no longer mean what we thought they meant, but they now mean what we assign for them to mean so that we can become more empowered in our living? And if there's ever a group of people who need to learn how to live in power lives, it would be the people of God. But this just isn't for believers. This is for anybody. This is for anybody. But if anybody, if anybody needs to know how to live an empowered life, my, 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 it would be believers because we talk a good talk, but we don't always walk the walk. And part of the reason is not because we don't love God, Part of the reason is because we don't it isn't because we don't pray. Part of the reason isn't because we don't have a disciplined life. Part of the reason is because, you know, a part of the reason is not because we don't worship. A major part of the reason is because we don't understand how we function as human beings. We don't understand the power that we actually have. All right. Now watch this. Yeah, everybody needs this class. But look, here we go. Let me get off of that. Um, the vast majority of the brain's mental processing, now watch this, the vast majority of the brain's mental processing involves the subconscious mind. This is, this is interesting. This is interesting. You know, think about this. Think about this. How many of you actually, if you wanted to just make a simple movement, just like I'm sitting here and I'm waving my arms and I'm rocking back and forth, do you realize that I'm not sitting here telling my muscles to do anything? I'm not sitting here telling my veins to do anything. I think about, and many times I'm not even thinking about making movement. It's just an expression. But in the split moment, in a split moment, just like I'm snapping my finger, in a split moment of time, I'm sending all of these different signals to the various muscles, to the ligaments, to the part of the body that needs to be communicated to in order to make a simple movement. And I am not doing it consciously. These are all functions of the subconscious mind. <laughs> I hope... I hope y'all are getting this and I hope I'm not making this too complicated, right? I'm just trying to show you the power of the subconscious mind. Um, and so the vast majority of our brain's activity is run by the subconscious mind. You don't consciously keep your heart beating. You don't consciously keep blood flowing through your veins. You don't consciously do any of that. <laughs> 
Your mind is doing it, but it's outside of the awareness of your conscious mind. It's your subconscious mind that's doing it. Imagine what can happen if you learn how to harness the power of the subconscious mind. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. If you can harness that power, I'm talking to Christians and non-Christians, but if you can harness that power, you become a powerhouse and you can do it. Now watch. So every person's conscious mind is known to have a maximum capacity, watch this, of up to nine streams of information. Now you say what? Meaning your conscious mind can only handle so much information coming to it at one time. Well, what's happening with the rest of the information? What, what's happening with all of the other information? You're blocking it out. You're deleting that information as it's coming to you. I mean, I'm sitting here and I'm talking to you, but I've got like lights on, right? I've got uh, uh, I've got a door in front of me. I've got blinds on the door. I've got curtains on the windows. I've got an air conditioning in the room. I've got all of these different things. I got books. I got bookcases. I've got all kinds of stuff all around me. And all of this information is there, but I can't in my conscious mind process all of that information at one time. My conscious mind would short circuit. So I have to delete some information that's coming in. Did you ever notice? Let me, let me, <laughs> let me, let me give you this. The, you have the ability to track millions of bits of information at one time. Think about a computer. Do you know how much information a computer processes in a split second of time? Do you, do you realize how much information is being processed by my computer just to do this conversation? It's processing video, it's processing audio, it's pulling audio in, it's pulling uh, video in, it's, it's, it's processing uh, the different information that's coming from the light sources. It's processing all of that information, encoding the information. It's coming out on your end via an internet process. And you're seeing me as if you were in the same room. That is processing a lot of information. I hope y'all are getting this. Your brain has the ability to do exactly that. But if your conscious mind were trying to process all of that information, your brain would short circuit. It can't handle that much information. This is why computers use something called RAM. Have you ever heard of that? RAM, it's random access memory. In other words, since the processors in the computer cannot process all of the data at one time, it stores some of that data and it processes it as other memory is freed up. So some of that information goes into what they call random access memory. It stores that information while the uh, microchip is processing some of the information. When it needs additional information, it accesses the random access memory, pulls more information, and it appears to be a steady stream. In television, it's called frames. 
we see a whole picture by the time it gets to us. What we're actually looking at is a series of frames that's being delivered via the television signal. We're seeing a series of frames, but it's happening so fast, it looks like one picture. It's not one picture, it's a series of frames is what we're seeing. We're seeing a series of still images that are happening so rapidly, it appears to us when we look at it, it's one consistent picture. This is how life is. We're dealing with a series of frames. <laughs> <laughs> it's a series of frames. It's a series of information that's coming to us and we're processing the information and it appears to be one moving picture. Some of y'all need to slice the movie of your life. Some of you all need to slice the film of your life, do some editing on it and then put it back together so that it shows you the picture that you really need to see. We call this reframing. This is a process of reframing. You edit the movies in your mind. <laughs> oh, glory. We're going to have some fun in that. We're going to have some fun in. We're going to have some fun in that transformation of the mind. Yep. Some people need to edit the movies in their mind. Because the movie that they're running, they're running a B-class movie in their mind. You know the B-class. A B-class movie is a movie that never made it to the big screen. <laughs> it's a C-class movie. It didn't pass. What's that film festival that they have? You know, where, you know, they do that film festival every year and they rate the movies. And if the movie is an A-rated movie, it makes it to the big screen. If it's not, it'll show up on like Netflix or something like that. <laughs> it'll show up. You know, it's a B-rated movie. It didn't make it to the big screen. Well, that's what happens. It's a cheap movie. Some people got cheap movies of their life. Never makes it to the big screen. <laughs> it never becomes a feature film. It's a miniseries. 